welcome to Cape Crisis. Oh boy. The uh, the only comic book podcast that's hosted by me when I'm here in America, which is now. I'm Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Mm. And I'm here with my co-host with the co-most. <laughs> Hi everybody, Chris Antista. And I uh, just wanted to thank Brett for hosting last week's episode, getting one out there. You clearly didn't listen to it then. I listened to the first 15 minutes to threatened, see how much you made fun of me. Threatened constantly to take the show away from you <laughs> and make it his. Yeah, after a certain point. I was probably like, do it once every three weeks with four in October. I know, he's killing me. Yeah. He's killing He's... I don't. He's he's nipping at my heels, man. Nipping well, at my heels. Comics, and he's reading more than me. Like I might. Mm. Fair warning. I've fallen off the the mm. comic track. There is tisk tisk in my life right now is GTA four and um, GTA five and Monster Hunter four. Uh, ah. Two, I think the most time consuming games you'll get in the yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. That are fantastic. What I did love is the other day GTA Online is a little buggy. So it well by it not working, it saves you from playing it. No, I, I well I try and log on. It's this whole tutorial thing because uh-huh. all you can do is all right, here we go and wish it could be hours, <laughs> could be hours before you get on. And I play Monster Hunter. I play Monster <laughs> Hunter while I wait for GTA Online to load. Hooray! You know, I feel like uh, Cap getting unfrozen from the ice because when I came back to America because uh. I was like. You know, I did watch the Breaking Bad finale. Mm. First thing I did when I got back, mm-hmm. I finished watching. I caught up to the show while mm-hmm. I was in Japan because I basically like before I went to sleep each night, I watched an episode of the show. Oh, you, you and, caught up uh, in Japan? Yeah, because I was only in uh, in the middle of season four when I left. And I just watched the whole thing while I was there in my free time. I'd be so happy if that show was huge over there. I know, science bitch. <laughs> <laughs> It's the the magical Doctor Man, <laughs> the, ma- the magical blue crystals. Yeah, the blue crystal man. The blue crystal chronicles. That's blue what they call Breaking Chronicles. Back. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but aside from that, like I come back like GTA Five, mm-hmm. and I've not touched it. It's old news at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the like. There are some comic books I haven't read. Like I was behind on Forever Evil. You got to be really behind at this point. Well, I, the only American comic I read while I was there was Superior Spider-Man. Mm. Which, uh, the continuing the of the, stupid, uh, the 2099 story. Stupid is awesome. Black. I love Black. Black. I love 2099. I don't like that there's a person from the future who has <laughs> no idea what's happening. Well, that shows that uh, they kept it a secret, however, whatever happened to Doc Ock. Well, right that shows there. that... Whatever... Ha- like, if in order for th- this arc to be important, it has mm. to make... Spider-Man has to do something historically important. Mm-hmm. And and the at some point every like remember that moment with the Avengers when he's getting tested and mm-hmm. he needs to apologize for that. That will have to be that will have to be public knowledge at some point. He will at yeah. least have to apologize to the Avengers. So here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Like so, 19 is the last issue. It's, mm-hmm. It comes out next week, I think. Uh, no, on the 16th. It comes out on the 16th. Mm-hmm. There's been a big gap in issues for the 2099 story. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so. Um, in two weeks, 19 comes out, ends 2099 story, mm-hmm. then 20 comes, and mm-hmm. they say 20 is the next big I event. I saw a slot right about that. Like, yeah. This is the one people will remember the, the comic for. Yeah, it's the, weird to hear a writer say that about his own work. Well, and he was the same one who said <laughs> uh, before Spider-Man 698 came out, mm-hmm. which is when the Doc Ock thing happened. Yeah, like He was the one who said before it came out without spoiling anything, he said... You haven't ordered enough copies of this comic mm-hmm. first run. I promise you that. Like, and and he was right. It's and a so, confident man. So when he says like, like the the example he gave to me uh, that was most interesting to me, he'll say, in years from now, mm-hmm. when people pick up a Spider-Man comic, they'll say, wait, when did that start? That's issue twenty. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a good way of saying. Like he could have just said. Well, this changes everything, and the mm-hmm. repercussions will be felt for years. But that more practical example of you're gonna, you're in four years, you'll be reading a Spider-Man comic. A thing will be in it, and you wonder when that started. Yeah. That Ma- imagine if the second movie's good, and <laughs> kids actually start reading Spider-Man. Uh, 
well, comics and they're, again. So they're implying that uh, I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen at uh, at New York Comic Con. Mm. Are you going to that? I am. Yeah, I will be at New York Comic Con. So at New York Comic Con, first off, there is a plush ro- Rocket Raccoon on sale that I'd really like you to get. Well, me. if you would have found me the creepy Woody in Japan, uh, it was sold talked. out. We could have talked. Um, but anyway, didn't try hard enough, man. <laughs> Buster Brown. So aside from that, mm-hmm. there's. Uh, uh, Marvel has been doing all these awesome like um, previews of New York Comic Con their panels and mm. because they're going to announce like seems like they're going to announce more new series than they did at, at San Diego like really? this is there's they're they're implying like this is the launch of all new Marvel now which mm-hmm. is year two of Marvel now well, you know so. what's, what's weird about that the new angle for me uh-huh. is that New York is timed in such a way uh, where it doesn't give four months of buildup. In the holiday season is when most everything happens. In yeah. Marvel's case, is the summer is when. Well, in co- I feel like with Marvel and DC, it's the summer is so the New big York Comic Con works a lot for everybody. It gets everybody just interested enough to buy over the holidays mm-hmm. and then participate once the launch comes next yeah. year. Yeah. Well, so some of the books they're implying, like the big ones to me, are both slot related. Mm-hmm. One is seems to be. Do love a good slot. The silver, this a hey. silver surfer story. Ooh, really? Like, he's so the ad was they're, they're all these just one word things, and mm-hmm. the uh, well, the shape the font takes mm-hmm. is the implication of what it is. Mm. So there's this one word thing called rad, and it's all silver rad. Norrin Rad is, is the tr- is the original name of Silver Surfer. He mm-hmm. was Norrin Rad before he became Silver Surfer. And so it says Rad, and then Captain Rad, Dan Slott, and Michael Allred, and wow. like Michael Allred is exactly the guy who should be doing a Silver Surfer book, yeah. and you know, maybe you suck at drawing the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's just if anybody is the Kirby of now, mm. or like, or draws the best in Kirby's pop art style, mm. it's Allred, and so like mm. his. His surfer, he's drawn Silver Surfer before. He draws him great. Mm-hmm. Like that's why he was great to be on the FF book that Fraction was writing. Yeah. Now the Fraction. So he, is, he, he has made an appearance in Marvel now. Uh, Silver Surfer. Surfer. I feel like he's just been kind of drifting in space. He does. He, I've seen. I think I've seen him like meet up with someone for a moment. Mm-hmm. That is. That is a fool's errand. Whoosh. <laughs> he is a hard guy to write. That's why I'm really interested to see what Slot will do with him because mm-hmm. like. Slot is about peppy, fun dialogue, and the least interesting dialogue of any Marvel character, I think, spews from Silver Surfer. Like, <laughs> do you he's think boring. they're going to have to give him some kind of sidekick? Yeah, like uh, Woodsy the Owl or something so, to hang around. Something with like that. Like, what do you think, Woodsy? Perhaps that is eight. I was telling people that before when I went to go see Brad Bird, and he was talking about the Disney's reputation of developing cutesy little things to follow the protagonist around and it was something that a measure that was made when adapting fairy tales consisting of people who did nothing but talk to themselves for pages on end out loud (laughs) let's at least give them a fucking cat or a mouse to sit there and say things to and maybe Mm -hmm. they'll respond on occasion Silver Surfer is alone with his thoughts Throughout the entire yeah. galaxy. Which was cool in the, in the late 60s when people wanted to make introspective, trippy comics. Well, yeah, like, I don't think people were drawing space yeah, up at that just point. Just to see, like, here's a space Jesus guy who basically just lands on a new planet every issue and, like, what's their deal? Let me see how I can affect them. Like, that's... that's it looks cool in posters, but it's mm-hmm. boring to read. One of my mm. the few things I've enjoyed of Silver Surfer over the years was the uh, like the the Mobius did that really good mm. Silver Surfer book with Stan Lee, but honestly, like the art was better than the story, and it was still Silver just Surfer. the same. Like it was Silver Surfer Christ character mm. again. That that same was exactly how Kirby created him. He wanted yes. him to be Christ too. He's a little Christy, little kung fu. Yeah, but so Carradine, yeah, exactly. Carradine. Yeah, David Carradine's kung fu like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so that's and why like Wanderer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's why I really liked him. Uh, the the time I've enjoyed him the most mm-hmm. was in the Annihilation comic yeah. because he starts out as the same like wandering nobody's like yeah, well, no well I have no interest in any of this mm-hmm. like I'm just a, I'll protect innocence if I see it and then 
then the guy on the same power level as him shows up. He's like, man, fuck you. It just beats him down. <laughs> yeah. And then Surfer, like, if, if, instead of just having no stake in anything, mm-hmm. he sacrifices himself in a, I guess, you know, a martyr way mm-hmm. to rejoin with Galactus. Like, to, and that gives him this big power boost. And on top of that, like, now he has to kill planets again. Like, mm-hmm. he has to be the guy to find planets to kill, which is the most interesting thing about him. Mm-hmm. Like, and before when he stopped working with Galactus, he just didn't have that guilt. Like, he had old guilt, but he was he was trying to atone. Mm. In this one, it was him, like, trying to find living planets with no life on it. Mm-hmm. Or, or trying to do his oh, job in the most shithead, way uh, possible. Galactus steward that yeah. he... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was really great. So I'm, I'm curious to see what Slot's going to do with him. Wait. Are you, are you done yet? Well, then there was the other one. Go, well, go, go for that. So the other thing Slot is announcing in New York Comic Con mm-hmm. is something called The End. Mm-hmm. Is, was its thing. In purple, which is kind of strange, I don't know. The purple might mean Green Goblin because mm-hmm. it happens during the Spider-Man panel. Mm. And when it says the end... Are you sure it's not the Hulk's pants? <laughs> it's the end of his pants. He's going to stop wearing them. <laughs> and it's going to be Dan Slott writing it. But, um, but no, it's the, it could mean this. the end is coming for spider spider Ock, Spock, as mm-hmm. some people call him. And that... This will be like they'll say they're just going to say yeah. There's only eight issues left of him mm. as Spider-Man, but he's going to ruin Peter Parker's life before that. Like that's that's what I think, and so that leads like, me up like to a, like a leaving president. Well, that's what that leads me up to what I think twenty is mm-hmm. going to be about. So what they're they've been leading up to like Spider-Man doesn't give a fuck about a secret identity anymore. Mm-hmm. Green Goblin is out there, mm-hmm. probably can eat. He might remember finally that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and like they're going to attack. His identity will be revealed. That so Peter Parker's oh, no. ruined. His midget girlfriend is dead. His midget girlfriend will die. Well, yeah. So in twenty, they say it's going to be him when he gets his doctorate. Mm. And so, what if they attack during the doctorate? Or maybe he'll even go like, "Well, now I'm Doctor Peter Parker," mm-hmm. and you know what? Forget the secret idea. I don't care anymore. Like, and say, and also, it's going to be his first time working with Black Cat. Black Cat's on the cover. Mm-hmm. Like, what if Black Cat? She tries to get no. This this one is the end of October. Mm. When he works with Black Cat, maybe she tries to get intimate with him, Ooh. and she realizes he's not Peter Parker. Like the Peter Parker I knew, Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. I. I wonder what the end means and if this is going to be like... And I also wonder if he's working on Silver Surfer, like Dan Slott's not the most prolific writer. Mm-hmm. Like he's... When he's doing two Spider-Man books a month, like that was kind mm-hmm. of all he could do. And so yeah. if he's going to do Surfer, could he even be leaving Spider-Man? Like is he ending superior to... Uh, the, I can't imagine he's ending superior because it is the best selling mm-hmm. book. It's one of Marvel's top best selling books, like in the top ten consistently. I so. Will. But I do hope they start over with 701. Mm, he'll be number one. Mm. Amazing Spider-Man number one. Same month as the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's predicting it. But uh, I wanted to go back to mm-hmm. you in Japan. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's all right. So Japan, right. yeah. Once I talk about Dan Slott, I just want to get the ball starts totally to roll understand. in the end. So Japan. Japan was a lot of fun. You know, I, I guess this is the... If you've been a long-time listener, this mm-hmm. is my second post-Japan show mm-hmm. after coming back. But um, but now you speak a little of the language. T- the tiniest Understand bit. and read a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can, yeah. Uh, there, were, there were scraps of conversation that I overheard and like, oh, I know what they're saying. Did any of them say, was it all stupid gaijin? No, no, I didn't hear any of that. Okay, I, I, that when I couldn't understand them, that was my every thought of like, uh, they're making fun of me. Even though, But... I think that's really just, I project even more than I do in America than mm-hmm. when I think. In America, when I'm around people, if they're not saying anything around me, I think, are they thinking that they hate me? But no, so, I, I didn't realize. When I'm in Japan, I think they're talking about me. I don't know if I, I mentioned this publicly, and this probably goes back to middle school. <laughs> uh, every time I see a group of black people laughing really hard, I always assume it's at my expense. I think you did say this before. Why? Yeah. Why? I, that, like, I don't feel racist. <laughs> 
But I just feel like I'm so uncool and like I don't know, like my pockets hanging out or I'm mm-hmm. doing, I'm walking in a dumb way. I feel I don't know, I don't yeah. know what it is. So it'll never be higher than that. Well, when I'm in Japan, I definitely feel like so fat and unfashionable. Mm-hmm. Like that was something I never no- I didn't notice the last two times I was there was just how like how important fashion is there and mm-hmm. like looking cool and being up on fashion. Like everybody dresses well and and like has I don't know colors. I'm a stuff. giant. Well, yeah, that's the so you don't. But I'm too busy petting the Japanese on the head as they try and run past me. But then when I see dudes like the only guys I see dressed like me in a t-shirt and jeans or whatever, they are like the awkward otaku, which I I also am. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's I can't get around that. That's who I am too. But have you uh, tried a bright yellow shirt? It's a little more fashionable. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should try that. I did see. I'm wearing a CM Punk shirt right now. Did you see the bright saw, yellow shirt? I got. It's comic related. I got in Japan. What was that? I we, saw the pink one. We went to Tokyo Disney. I sweated my balls off and basically ruined my clothes. And we went right back into the Shibuya, uh, the Shibuya yeah, district. Yeah. Went across the street and mm-hmm. to, tr- to. I'm just going to buy a shirt. I don't care. <laughs> and oh man, there was no changing room. It was really weird. Like this, this cute Japanese girl like brought me to this little area and then put a curtain around me and like changed and then she just opened the curtain. Like, <laughs> awesome! Uh, sounds it, hot. It was great. I loved it. Uh, one of the things I got just because it was there, it's yellow. Mm-hmm. Try and guess the Peanuts character because you'd never. Well, get yellow it. would be Woodstock. You'd right? never get it in a million years. No. I feel like I've seen the shirt, but I can't remember. If not Woodstock, that's the thing. Uh, it's, it's like it sucks. It's so fucking deep. What pit? Peppermint Patty? No! It's not even a human being. Not even a human... Spike? It is Spike! Okay. I have... Hold on, I do have... Yes, Henry. It is Spike. It was Spike on my shirt. That's uh, right, that's right. I have a shirt from Japan with Spike <laughs> on it. Snoopy's mustachioed cousin. That's Snoopy's, how deep their, their shit rolls with Snoopy. Snoopy's a big deal there, but I think they, they like they like Snoopy, the, the animals, more than the mm. kids. Like... I, I hate I, to break it to him. There's not a lot of animals in that universe. There was a whole Snoopy Town Except level. For Lucy, dip. she's a beast. I love, oh, I love Lucy. One of my first crush. Hold on, now that I have the soundboard up. There you go. No, I just peanuts is one of my favorite things ever. Yes. The more depressing, the better. And is, I, in I, a peanuts comic. I feel like a hipster asshole because like you don't get peanuts the way I get peanuts, <laughs> and that we're saying this with something called peanuts, which Charles, Charles hated. Yeah. Uh, do you? Does anybody? Are you, is anybody aware how depressing this shit is? And you guys harp so. and moan over over the fucking Christmas special, which is the most mm-hmm. morose, like lack of faith in all of humanity thing that mm-hmm. appears every year. It's if you're laughing really hard, it's at the expense of someone who doesn't deserve it. Yeah, I don't. You know, you had that clip before from the from so the beautiful. Valentine's Day one mm-hmm. where. Schroeder goes like, "You're just being nice to him because you feel bad, and it mm-hmm. makes you feel better." Like, I wonder if you don't give was... a fuck about his feelings yeah. or how you made him feel. This is done to, to appease your guilt. I wonder if that is to you address like you could also project that onto the ending of the Christmas special too, mm-hmm. where they just like, "Oh, we feel bad that we we feel guilty that we made Charlie Brown feel sad about his tree." Yeah, let's spiff it up. Maybe to somebody singing let's... under the Coca Cola logo. Which, by the way, <laughs> if anybody can find that, I'm going to spit Christmas. Special trivia early this year, originally sponsored by Coca-Cola, and this is back before the d- digital days. So that Coca-Cola logo and callout is in the cartoon, and they cut it. They cut it early every time, so you notice mm. the cartoon fades yeah, out. Yeah, it always early. It's too early so, when they're in the middle of singing. Brought to you by your friends at Coca-Cola in 1965. <laughs> that is in hard coded into the cartoon, and they always edit it out. Uh, so though, yeah, I, I explored uh, a Sorry. ton of. I explored San Japan, the usual spot, Shibuya, Shinjuku, uh, the Akihabara District. I went there about three times. But I also went to uh, one of my favorite new spots, Nakano Broadway, which is uh, uh, it's like it's like a mini Akihabara. Like it has. Oh, it's it's not in Shibuya at all. No, 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 not uh, Nakano is like one stop over from Shibuya on the Chubo Line. But uh, I don't ride the Chubo Line. The Chuo line is so uh, helpful because if you're in Shinjuku and you want to get to Akihabara, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the farthest stop on the Yamanote line, but the Chuo line cuts straight through the middle of the Yamanote line. Did you so. find the all the cholos there to be a little bit strange? <laughs> the Chuo, come on now. <laughs> the Japanese cholos? I don't think... It was... That was one weird thing about being in Japan that, like, everybody's Japanese mm-hmm. or not. Like, and so the few times you see any other foreigner like you just are immediately drawn to them mm-hmm. and like 
But then, uh, but then I always assume. Then I had these stupid thoughts of like I would like uh, like see an Indian guy. Mm-hmm. I I would think like this Indian guy learned Japanese, and it taught me like my stupid racist mm-hmm. assumption mm-hmm. that was like. Well, if you're not, if you don't speak English, then you learn English. Why would you learn another language after English? Like that's crazy. Like that. Like <laughs> you already learned the best one. Yeah, you got the best one. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to learn Japanese on top of that? You know English. Like, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> that was that was a silly uh, assumption. I didn't even know I was making. So I was having to unlearn that. We but talked there's... about something similar this week on Laser Time. Being such an isolated country on an isolated continent with all mm-hmm. English speakers, you grew up in Europe. You're a tra- you're a two hour train right away from somebody who does not speak your language. There's mm-hmm. every incentive to learn another language, yeah. and you to don't, learn English to learn I French. Think, Spanish. I don't feel ignorant, and I don't feel dumb, and I don't feel lazy. I would like to learn another language. I've mm-hmm. never I've never needed one because I've traveled thousands of miles in this continent and never needed to. Yeah, ever. Well, the Mexicans are taking over. You might want to learn. Spanish. I know a little Spanish. No, some well, but, my friend would call it kitchen Spanish. Well, but then also. <laughs> It was a, to a get chef. around in the kitchen. Yeah, the chef. It. it was like just enough, just a couple of You don't have to conjugate shit. Um, but yeah, when well, but that's also the feeling I got in Japan that like I kind of it is easy for us, the elitist Americans mm-hmm. like us, to say, man, Americans don't even learn another language. No, so it's dumb. It, but like, but it's, when, it's ignorance to other cultures because we're not around them. Yeah, but but it's also like it is if you're in another culture. Mm-hmm. When it's time to learn a second language, English kind of should be first because it's such a mm. dominant language. Not, I'm not going to say the dominant language because you know I don't know. What the most widely spoken languages? Uh, what French? French, I believe, yeah. because like it's it's comparable to English. It's easy mm. to teach, mm-hmm. and uh, the French did so much colonizing <laughs> and fucking that you well, go, like England Africa. I think like oh, French yeah, is spoken like throughout problem. most of Africa. Yeah. <laughs> that, but let it be known that Henry said Africa. That's the problem. Well, the wait show. a minute. No, yeah, you did. I heard right. you say it. But but anyway, so yeah, like every you learning English, like mm-hmm. in Japan, like what's your second language you're going to learn first? Probably English should be it. So you can count on people speaking English, but when you come to America, like mm-hmm. you can't count on anybody knowing Japanese or even Spanish. Like, mm-hmm. and I also felt so. I had a. Um, I had this real international dinner mm-hmm. one night with... Uh, so my cousin lives in uh, Japan. She's American uh, and lives there with her American girlfriend, both no Japanese. But then on top of that, like, they they befriended... They're big into cosplay. Mm-hmm. And they, so they joined in the cosplay scene there. And they befriended, like, other Japanese people uh, there, but also German and Finnish people. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, for, like it was crazy to me to think, like, here white are... people love white, white people, man. Wait, no, no, no. It, so... it was crazy to me to meet other, uh, other Japanophiles mm-hmm. from other countries. Like, I'd never oh. met them before. Like, and the Germans so, have history. <laughs> I, I avoided that joke as much as I could. Why? Like, Why? Well, there was, so there was a point in the conversation where... Um, where we were naming things that German Germany is known for. <laughs> oh God! Where they were just like, well, yeah. What do you think of what do you think of Germany? Your train sure hold a lot of people. Well, now so I was just like a oh, leader bookcase doors. Um, well, yeah, I said like Lederhosen beer. Like it started when they said, well, when you think of Germany, you think of beer. Like and they and the Germans, they were like proud. Like yeah, we we got the best beer. We're mm-hmm. Germany, and they're like, well, what else do you think of it? I was like. And I was in a friendly joking mood, so I said, like, oh, Lederhosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I said, sauerkraut. But then when I said, like, oh, wait, kraut is a derogatory term for Germans. Oh, Are they, no. well, could they take offense to this? But they didn't seem to. And mm-hmm. then one of them mentioned the letters SS for some reason. Really? She said SS together, I think, because it was like some train line or something yeah, totally unrelated to any a, other conversation it was a rank in ddr had someone well cheated. yeah so so she says <laughs> on, so that was good that was good that was good so the girl says ss and then her german male friend mm-hmm. goes like um ss you really want german like and she's like oh right yeah oh, I but but it's also like they're they're like 27 like they've they're so far removed from mm. 
from they, from they are, but I, my friend who traveled to Germany, like it says in a pamphlet, like try not to mention all that shit you associate with Germany because mm-hmm. everybody here had nothing to do with that and is very sensitive to it yeah. and kind of hears it all the time. And it, I, well, as far as I can tell from like from afar, they work very hard to move past that. They're like, yeah. we are deeply like they 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 are very much many like we are deeply ashamed of this. Yeah, we are. It's forever associated with our culture. Yeah. And would I tell you that that one time like. This is not something I do normally, but like I was just at a bar and ended up like meeting these two German uh, tourist foreign exchange uh-huh. students and uh, took them back to took him back to my house and it was great. Giant, Valk- beautiful Valkyrie woman, but but she she just got drunk and hammered and like some you know of course my shithead roommate makes some Nazi joke uh-huh. and she's like oh fuck the Nazis everybody <laughs> thinks everybody in Germany is a Nazi oh we're going to kill all the Jews we had Jews we had Jews and and it was like the 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 separate part of me I think it's hilarious that you're doing this mm-hmm. this still makes me really uncomfortable with that accent. <laughs> Even when you're being sarcastic, I know that was truly uncomfortable. Yeah, when I heard, like they were jo- they, they were joking about that at the meal too, where they said like uh, to hear though. someone to hear someone sprechen Sie Deutsch, mm-hmm. like to hear them say it, it sounds angry. Like <laughs> they're they're like you sound mad when you say that. They're like, no, we don't. No, we don't mean that. We, we, we just don't talk mean like, that. Yeah, and it just makes you think, like... Please kneel and apologize. Yeah, I think that's the thing, too, like, pop culture in America, at least. Like, Again, when I you hear it. German accents, uh, it's as in... What? I just... I talked over you. No, no, I was thinking of something. In World War II films, like, that's when you hear it, like, Oh, the Americaners are here. He must. Let's see what you have to say to the interpreter. <laughs> Mm. I was thinking of the, yes. the Phil Hartman German on The Simpsons. Like, oh, yeah. We'd like to be with uh, you. Yeah. Oh, what are you going to do? Again, I have failed. <laughs> I have failed. I have failed. I have failed. <laughs> we would like to meet with you for a free exchange of ideas. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans are not all smiles and sunshine. <laughs> he had a big company and we, I had a big company. Good, and so now we have a very big company. Somebody turned me on to it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. There is an account called Simpsons IG. And, you know, like all Simpsons clips on YouTube are totally banned mm-hmm. and can't find them anywhere. This dude's posting 15 seconds of Simpsons every six times a day. <laughs> it's like you can see Simpsons clips constantly on Instagram. It's great. Oh, that is awesome. How, well, shit, what time are we at? Uh, time for a break, I'd say. Time when we come break. back, I have a lot more to talk about with Japan. Yeah. Uh, we should probably get to your question of the week, whatever that was. I didn't listen to last week's episode. If you even did one, but uh, uh, but uh, yeah, that's on the other side. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the break for this episode. Just wanted to thank you again for listening to Cape Crisis. You know it's. Feels good to get back in the saddle after after going to Tokyo and back again uh, another year. Uh, but so, if you like the show, you want us to keep doing it, uh, like it to stay free and all the gears are turning, there's so many ways you can help out. LazerTimePodcast.com, our host site. First off on LazerTimePodcast.com, on the left side of the screen, you'll see a little PayPal button. If you just want to just give us just money outright uh, to help us out, that definitely would do it so click on the paypal button give us some cash or if you'd like to buy a laser time t-shirt support the store uh, show that way the store for it is right below it the paypal button or if you just want to buy stuff on amazon and give us a little money through those purchases on the right side of the screen there's links to tons of stuff to buy on amazon but you don't even have to buy what we're suggesting just buy anything through that link and you can get it and uh, also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you know, guys, come on! If you haven't reviewed us yet, please. You know, I haven't, I, I haven't checked the reviews lately. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping there's some new stuff, uh, some new ones to see. I always like seeing new reviews, as long as they're not, you know, cruel. <laughs> um, and and also, hey, you know what? I didn't even talk about the politics this episode. 
you know how much there I could say about politics this week, but I didn't say shit. Give me, give me credit for that, guys. And lastly, it's time for the Hank's Corner pick of the week. Uh, you know what? I talked it up on the show. Gonna have a link to it. Baku, Bakuman, the comic about making Japanese comics. It's so good. Like it's got a really good localization. It's from the creators of Death Note. It's all about how the manga industry works from the inside, from a guy who knows how Shonen Jump works, because that's where he was published. It's a really great book. I talk more about it on the show uh, as it goes on. But you can buy that through the link on this week's episode on lasertimepodcast.com. So do that if, if it sounds at all interesting to you. And now, back to the show. It's like stew, only with the Hey, welcome back, bros, to uh, this next, the second half of episode 67. Um, so, you know, I did want to talk about the one uh, Japanese comic I really got into while I was there. So I was on the, uh, I take uh, JAL, Japan Airlines, mm-hmm. to Japan because... Jail. JAL. Oh. JAL. JAL. Uh, and I love JAL because they aren't, it, it shows you... Just how 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 much you got used to how awful American airlines are. Like, you just got used to like, oh yeah, they treat you like shit, and they hate you, and mm. they charge you for everything. Like, and they never feed you in your cattle. Like, you're, you are nothing to an American mm. airline. And I mean any, I, I Delta, all those people. Like, you're a piece of shit. Unless you're in first class. Or but, Virgin Airlines. Come on. Or Virgin, or JetBlue. They're one of the exceptions. But yeah, so, JAL, like, they... They feed you like twice on the mm-hmm. flight. Like the seats are much bigger. And on this one, this was like the fifth flight of one of their newest crafts. Like so, everything was so fucking advanced on it. Like no ashtrays in the fucking armrests. No, there was a USB charger next Jesus, to the, really? next to the TV. Yes, or a USB you know plug for a charger. Mm-hmm. So like my phone was charged the whole time. I brought a wow. battery with me to wow. recharge my phone, but I didn't need to. And then on their how TV, many mm's on that thing? Eight hundred. I did that. Well, but also then on their TV, like they always have first run movies. Like they had fucking Man of Steel before it's out on Blu-ray. Which by the way, watch Man of Steel again. My problems with it were double. Like fuck really? the problems with that movie. There was a all right David Goyer. I don't want to get back into this, but... Well, he said some things recently. God damn, like, yeah, he was like... Fuck hey, you, look, it is good for Superman. Yeah, he's like, look, I, I'm not into that stuff where it's just like, oh, it's a rule. Rules get in the way of creative writing. Like, to that I say... He also had his hat turned backwards. Yeah. <laughs> to, the, to, to that I say, screw you. You wrote Superman into a corner, and your uncreative solution was, uh, Superman kills him. That'll be, like... <laughs> Like, that, that sounds like a script direction something I wrote in middle school and, yeah when Zod and then Superman when, kills everybody I hate I watched the scene again and like I'm just counting the bodies and debris in the Zod fight now which still looks awesome mm-hmm. removed from what I think Superman should do in a movie I think that is an awesome fight mm-hmm. but I also think Superman threw him through a building which they establish has people in it that's 100 people dead there's 200 more people. Like, I'm not holding it against Superman when Zod throws him into a building. Yeah. But Superman chose to throw him into stuff. And then, so it always feels so disingenuous when he's like, oh, he's going to kill these five people. Like, you fucking killed all those people when you threw him through those buildings. Like, but now you care? And when Zod says to Superman, this ends in one way. Either you die or I die. The Superman I know thinks of a better well, that's solution. Normally, as a storyteller, where you 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to defy logic. Uh, well, not yeah. defy logic here. That's when I show you this thing I thought of that's better than both. Yeah, and instead that's he uses that as an excuse where he's just like, well, see, Zod said you couldn't stop him. Well, the converse, only way to stop him was to could, kill him. Could he be operating on the drama against the rule? That it is a rule that Superman doesn't kill. So yeah. the fact that he does... It's it, a surprise. And if they use it, and again... And, but you know what? That's the kind of thing that only works once. Yeah. You can only appreciate that once. And if they're smart... They will make it a big plot point of the next movie and, like, have Batman read him the riot act for killing him. Like, they'll incorporate that stuff. That, they'll just make be it all Batman hunting suits. <laughs> yeah. All right. But anyway, so they have these first four movies and they also have manga. Like, you can read it Wait, from your seats. Like, really? uh, like ebooks on the seat. And so. Like you can buy or. No, like, free. Like, they really? made a deal with Viz to hold, like, have. They had Bleach Dragon Ball original. Mm-hmm. Um couple other series i don't remember and the one i read bakugan mm. they also had the first two episodes of attack on titan on there too which crazy. oh that's how you watched it yeah i watched it i watched it on the great, plane right? on the and uh i had to stop in the middle of the first episode because when my plane landed it was the exact moment when the first titan breaks through the wall <laughs> and so like my my entire yeah. my seat's just shaking so much right and landing i could not mm. have timed it better if i tried uh, but I read Bakuman, mm-hmm. which is this awesome comic that I had uh, I had read the first two volumes. Now I've read up to volume five on the plane. Really made the time pass too. Mm-hmm. But it's a book about becoming a manga artist or making manga in Japan through mm-hmm. like the magazines and the Shonen Jump, specifically in the Shonen Jump magazines. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cool, like this insider look at how comics are created, like how they work with editors, mm-hmm. like the system of well, how do you make a comic? Like, you don't have a script first. You you just do a layout. You're like, all right, I will draw on this piece of paper a six-by-six six grid. That's every panel, and here's every plot point. And that's how you tell your story the first time to your editor. Mm-hmm. And if they like it or they don't, they make the edits to the story, and then you make a new layout. And then from that, then your artist draws a full book, like... And it was just, uh, it was so different from the way I understand American comics are made, or mainstream ones anyway. It was just really cool, like, to see also how editors, like, change it, or how popularity of a book, like, how every manga is sold mainly through anthology books, like, magazines that that carry basically a 19-page chapter, a 20-page chapter of 12 different comics in one, like, telephone book-sized thing. But um, because of that, like popularity is very important. Mm-hmm. And if you're not popular, they'll just cancel it mm-hmm. and cycle in a new series. And new series are starting all the time. And it's it's just a really it's a really great it's like book. television. Yeah, no, it is more like television. And I definitely noticed more this time. Like every convenience mm-hmm. store I went into, there was the manga book section. There was always like dudes there, like grown ass men, mm-hmm. reading through the manga, like and to pick out which of the the weekly manga like it's every week too like you get Mm -hmm. you get a 20 page chapter every week that leads to story decompression if you like when you read say dragon ball in its collected form Mm -hmm. if you wonder why one fight lasts an entire book that's because they don't want to make more story like they they only have Mm -hmm. so much story planned out so they stretch out the fights to last like three months you know but that does make the end of a gonna, fight. I was going to ask you. I, guess I don't remember seeing. I've been to a ton of Japanese bookstores in America. Uh-huh. Never been to one in Japan. Do they have comic shops? As we um, would call them. Yeah, yeah. Though, yeah. So the comic shops I went to in Akihabara, like my problem with them was that they just. Uh, it was another problem I had at other ones where they're just like, "Man, here's porn, just right here." Like, <laughs> and so like you just you're looking through comics and then. Here's a 12-year-old girl's ass. And nice. Like, Why don't... Yeah, and... Uh, oh, wait, I thought I patented that. That was my new series. What is the time 12-year-old girl's ass. 12-year-old girl's ass. Yeah, but so, yeah, it's just... And that's another thing that just kind of bothered me was mm. just how, like, just all the... It's so over-sexualized everything. And this is what my cousin was telling me about uh, her problem, too, with, uh, with anime in general these days is that... Um, Apparently, the mayor of Tokyo or some some politician said yes. <laughs> some politician mm-hmm. said that he considers all anime for adults. So 
He outlaws anything like children cartoons can still play on mm-hmm. the daytime show. Everything else is nine, but everything yeah. is after nine. And so then the anime companies go like, "Well, fuck! If you're calling us porn, we'll make porn." They're putting them under the same standards as porn. Yeah, and so and then at that point, then everything is just you're become. Making, that's a good point because you're making them compete with porn. Yeah. Well, huh. so now everything has just become way more pornographic than it mm. used to be. Like, like there was definitely that was something I kind of liked about. Like anim- or like Rama, Rama one half, was that maybe a character would have like one nude scene for like three seconds and like shock you, and it would be it, would, it added to this unpredictability, or but they would not spend an entire episode naked like mm-hmm. that, and they they wouldn't be surrounded by five other naked women who get molested by the main character, and then they act like that's normal, like well, and then the main character molests the girls like. He just grabs their boobs, and the girl's like, "Oh, all right." Like, yeah, I, I, I don't cotton to that as much. Oof. That's why Bakuman, at least, like, they're realer people in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, it's supposed to be reality—the people who make the comics—and so the girls in the book are much more normal. And mm-hmm. there's this interesting side story of this. Um, so the the plot is: these two guys in high school they mm-hmm. decide they want to make manga. And the one of the the artist, one's the writer, and one's the artist, mm-hmm. and the artist says that he makes a pact with this girl that he likes when she realizes that he wants to be a manga artist she's like well my dream is to be a voiceover actor i want to be a voice actress for anime Mm -hmm. so you make a manga get it to be made into an anime i'll be the voice actress for it and we'll both like achieve our dreams together but separately and then we'll get married once we both achieved our dreams so she goes off to achieve her dream, and they every once in a while cut back to her being a voice actress, and mm-hmm. like they have these moments of like, here's the creepy dude who hires the cute sixteen year old girls to be voice actresses oh, on God. stuff, and here and there's like her her agent says after she gets mild popularity being a side voice on a show, mm-hmm. the agent is like, look, you got to do you got to do a photograph book, like get in a swimsuit make borderline pornography like this will this will make you more popular do it do it like it's all this pressure on her and her resisting that pressure and wanting to become a voice actress her way in a classy way and and so i really i like that in the book though there's those there's this weird part in it where like she buys the comics that his his series appears in to you know to keep up with it and her mom was like i thought it was weird you were buying boys comics because like there's just there's Shonen, the boys' comics, and Shoujo, the girls' comics, and never the twain shall meet. Apparently, like no idea. girls are treated we like in the in the book anyway. It's just an accepted thing. Like, well, you're weird if you're buying boys' comics. You're a girl. You, there's the girl comics over there. Read mm-hmm. those. Like, I don't know. It was. You have boobs in them. Well, they both all boobs. have boobs. Oh, okay. They're not as weird about that. They're not as hung up about sex there mm. or violence. They kind of they kind of like. Well, actually, you'll get. What are they hung up on? I know with video games you'll get rated Z. you'll get the AO rating, the Z rating mm-hmm. there for, for decapitations way more than you will be for mm-hmm. grabbing boobs. <laughs> uh, but that's a whole other debate. Anyway, yeah, we I should Well, I just I, I like noticing when I, I was only in the game store and noticing that the Marvel content there was Marvel content well represented in the store, mm-hmm. uh, but it was it it looked exactly like the way anime is treated over here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's way pricier, a little more rare, and mm-hmm. clearly meant for a very specific audience. There was a cool Nova toy I wanted to get, but it was like eighteen bucks because it was an import toy oh. in Japan, that so was, I didn't buy it. That was the weirdest thing: the import retro section, and it's just like <laughs> Genesis games I own, ninety dollars. <laughs> wow. No, I I really like that about it. Uh, that the the I like I love seeing what, the toys that know, were like they had DC. Does DC have a big presence in? I think Japan. Marvel is definitely more popular. I didn't there. see any DC stuff. They love Spider Man there. Yeah, Spider Man. I think, had a show. Well, yeah, he had his own show, and I think just like his costume is the closest to what yeah. they what they expect from costume superheroes, like. If you he they made his they made Spider Man into okay. a giant robot show. Mm-hmm. But like he, you could totally see him matching with Cayman Rider or the Power Rangers, all that stuff. So, but um, yeah, there was definitely Spider-Man stuff there, made in Japan Spider-Man stuff. But there was a whole line of Marvel things. But DC is starting to come over. Like there was a uh, 
Domo meets Justice League set what? that that uh, came out though. I think it was actually. Oh no, I have that. It was made. Yeah, it was made for America first. The I, pop figures. I get the feeling now that uh, the Domo is bigger in America than Japan. Like, definitely. I don't know what the fuck he is. I remember seeing him on the internet. A well, long he was time a ago. commercial. He was an ad for. Mm-hmm. He was like a station break for NHK TV. Mm. That's then like then he just people thought he looked so cool that he just became a thing. Um, but there were like a Square. I went to the Square Enix store, mm-hmm. and uh, there they had Square Enix does play arts, which are like mm-hmm. super fancy, mm-hmm. expensive action figures. And they have a whole line of DC ones. Like first they did Arkham Asylum ones that looked awesome, mm-hmm. and now they did this whole line of DC ones, basically based on New Fifty Two. They had ones that looked each member of the Justice League, and then then they had ones that were like. They all, if if they weren't being sold in Japan first, I would think they were condescending to be like, "Oh, this is designed for Japan. These are these are manga style DC heroes." Mm-hmm. Like it was just so weird to see how how Japanese they looked. But uh, anyway, yeah, that, that I think it's bigger there now. Mm-hmm. I think Superman, like Man of Steel, I think you know, kind of re raised Superman's mm-hmm. visibility there. I also saw. I tweeted a picture of it. There was a toy of Superman with his long hair, like long hair. Yes, Superman. I saw that. I saw that mullet Superman yeah, next mullet to. Superman. It, what was he next to? He was next some to... some Japanese eh. anime character. I can I can spot. But, well, anyway. Oh, how he towered! We are running out of time, Hank. Yeah. Well, what question Just, should we ask? Well, I did want to ask you. All right. Should I catch up with Forever Evil? I sort of dug the first book, eh. but I don't plan on keeping up with all of that shit. I feel like you should just just read only Forever Evil. Mm-hmm. Like, see how I think that's the one that has the best chance of being written well. Although, mm-hmm. I am I I know there's listeners who hate when I hate DC, but I just read like Mark Wade published this really good essay about mm-hmm. how you shouldn't the shit you shouldn't take as a freelancer for 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 a comic book unnamed comic book companies. Mm-hmm. And it was all the stuff he was... All the stuff he was talking about was all the things I've heard... I've read other people say DC is torturing their creators with. And mm-hmm. So it just sounds like DC is like... It, it makes me sad that it sounds like DC has lost so much respect for its for its creative talent. Like, mm-hmm. they just don't care. Unless they're Jeff Johns or Jim Lee. Like, you don't... You, you get second-guessed every point. He made a really good point in it that... So, you know, like that was why the Batwoman writers left. They said they had approved stories, and then they were told to rewrite them. And Mark Wade pointed out, if you're being asked to re... If you get a story approved, you write it and draw it, and then at the last minute, some asshole executive who has nothing to do with comics and is uncreative tells you to change it, and you have to basically do... 10 pages of new work mm-hmm. you should be paid for that and if you're not being paid for that that is mm-hmm. fucked up like and so he's implying people aren't being even paid to do the extra work for rewrites they're mm-hmm. just like hey this is like a TV show just rewrite just redo it like, you're on salary maybe nah, not freelancers man mm-hmm. so yeah uh, it just sounds so sad but mm-hmm. uh but all right, so you know what? Let's just uh last, yes. last week's question of the week was yeah. what did you think of Agents of Shield mm-hmm. um Almost everybody universally liked it, except for Cody Stovall, who didn't watch it. But he's got a nice Scribble Knots Unmasked thing in there. Uh, Batman <laughs> Boys, I loved it. It was entertaining, well cast, it. had some uh, good production values, really good production values. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll keep watching. Um, I, saw, I like the cast and the, the tangible re- uh, realization of a show based on S.H.I.E.L.D. being made uh, with what I'm sure is a nice budget. However, unless they uh, can get frequent cameos by actual Marvel heroes, namely Cap. Sharon Carter and other characters who are regulars in the Helicarrier in the comics, I think I'll lose interest. I they agree with had that. a cameo this week. I, that's what I hear. Don't don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, that's what I hear. And if anything, I think I pitched it the other day to somebody. This should this should just be the Tonight Show of Marvel <laughs> Comics. Like anything you're promoting, uh, that yeah, hero yeah. should come on the fucking show. Period. Yeah. Storylines, movies, mm-hmm. fucking action figures. Don't well, care. Well, if most of the Marvel books or most of the Marvel films come out in the summer mm-hmm. when Shield isn't playing, like mm-hmm. they could have cliffhangers that resolve in the films or point towards the movies, you know, and that would involve having the characters come on as guest stars. Uh, but okay, one more. Just right. uh, Ratso uh, Fats Fatsol says I loved it. Uh, I liked it well enough, but the only complaints I have are the two scientist characters Fitz and Simmons uh, <laughs> um, were a little hard to understand at points. But knowing Whedon, that's probably the point. And there will be a character who will uh, make a joke. About. Yes, and they'll made that joke. And these will be the one of the one of those characters will be the first to die. I assure mm. you, forever. 
But maybe he, maybe Joss Whedon wants you to think that. Like that's why he did that in Firefly. Like mm-hmm. in the second episode or third, mm-hmm. however you want to count it, because season the series premiere was like a two-hour-long movie. Mm-hmm. But in the, I believe it was the episode after that, or maybe Train one job? after, they imply that Kaylee's dead. Like they do a joke. They would go like, yes. "Hey, Simon, Kaylee's dead." Like. And he, and he runs did that in slow because, motion. Yeah, yes. They did that because Joss Whedon knows people expect him to murder mm. characters early. Like saying that, so. that's my assessment. Like whatever's comical about them now uh-huh. won't be when won't be later on. And yeah. the, the jokes seem to be that they don't they speak with an accent and their names are Fitz and Simmons. One of them will become useless. One of them will be killed. Yeah. At least. Alright. Well so this week's question. You know, we kind of did this last year, but I want to hear I want to hear updated things from people. What Japanese books, what manga are you guys enjoying these days? Don't I come. That. that is such an old series. <laughs> there, that was something that did make me a little sad that there didn't seem to be much respect for old series, unless there was a new anime of an old series coming out. If there was a reboot, they care, but other than that, like you couldn't find Sailor Moon stuff anywhere. You couldn't really? like there was deep well. In some of the shops, I could find a really old Sailor Moon toys, but they were in a deep corner. There was DBZ stuff everywhere because there was a Dragon Ball Z movie that yeah. came out this year. But uh, IMDb's highest rated animated movie. Wow. Yep. <laughs> right over to that, Toy Story 3. That's creepy. <laughs> Though it is, it was done in IMAX. It might be, it might be huh. at least like nice to see. All right, but anyway, answer that in the forums. We'll see you next week with a more regular show. Maybe Brat Elston will be back. I promise that was a burp uh, Chris you want to pull anything Blazer Time bitches yep what did we talk about this week this week was a weird show <laughs> yes homosexual uh, well Folsom Street Fair was happening as you recorded downstairs so uh-huh. there, so try to cover it up but there's house music bleeding into the microphones as people are being whipped and having their dicks pierced <laughs> literally feet away from the microphones and it just got us off on this tangent about weird shit we've seen in San Francisco. I do like evergreen topics and things that aren't too personal. Yeah. But uh, this is an exception, and it, people say they like it when we freewheel. So please go check it out. Otherwise, I'll never do that shit again. And I also hear there's a, uh, there's a special VG Empire getting started in this October. That there is. And so keep a lookout for that. Rocktober Part 2. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!